What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, coming to y'all with another uh, recruiting-heavy podcast. We'll touch on a couple of programs uh, who I have written fall snapshot previews of in recent weeks. Uh, But for the most part, this will be a... For, for the most part, this will be a recruiting podcast. Uh, now, on the back end, we'll look at some teams, uh, and we will look at uh, Georgetown and Lehigh uh, will be the two teams that we will look at uh, today in, in terms of the fall snapshot preview, uh, fall snapshot series I've been doing since uh, about early August. And uh, I think I've... Uh, well, I've written over 50% of uh, programs up, but uh, as of next week, we'll have uh, half of the D1 programs uh, have had, uh, you know, we'll have articles up on each of those. Into the recruiting side of things. And we're going to start with Virginia, which is, I believe, the last time we had a podcast, we talked a lot about Virginia. And how how well they had started uh, getting Ryan Dunkel as its first commitment in the class, the number one player rated in the country by inside lacrosse. Um, the, the, the Cavaliers then went and got commitments from uh, Daphne, Alabama, goalie Troy Capstraw, um, another blue chip goalie out of the heart of Dixie uh, in uh, – as many years, Anderson Moore heading to Georgetown at 23. Uh, Luke Jammin, Rumson, uh, Fairhaven, New Jersey uh, defenseman, as well as Tommy Snyder, a St. Anthony's uh, New York uh, defenseman. So uh, Virginia, after getting Dunkel, gets gets three uh, solid pieces on the defensive end. But in recent days, um, it has been the offensive end where this where Wallace Tiffany and his staff have uh, really you know highlighted and, and added to this class here with Ridgefield, Connecticut attackman Kyle Halsey and Episcopal Dallas, uh, Texas, Sean Brown, uh, attackman midfielder out of there, uh, both <clears throat> verbaling to the Cavaliers last night. And um, this creates what, 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 what I, myself, and, and multiple others have called um, the best offensive hall in this cycle thus far. And it's going to be pretty, pretty hard to top what the Cavaliers have done offensively in this class. Um, even I mean, we're just 20 days in, but it's still going to be pretty hard to top what they've done. So uh, Ryan Dunkel, as we talked about on the last podcast, number one overall player in the class by IL. Uh, Calzy and Brown are also top 20 players per inside lacrosse at number four and number 17. Um, all three guys are rated as five stars by uh, IL as well. Dunkel, you know, coming off that 19-0 season with St. John's, has an 80-point 
uh, 51 goal, 29 assist campaign there. A, you know, a, a, a kind of natural goal scorer finds his way uh, to, to put the ball in the back of the cage from practically anywhere on the field. Uh, really a, a strong ex-attackman. Great great vision. <clears throat> he moves very well. Five foot eight, one sixty two pounds. Um, feeding ability as well. He he's more of a goal scorer. Or has been more of a goal scorer um, in the high school game uh, these these past two seasons. But can also uh, be a great feeder and, and can be that kind of uh, you know number one ex attackman at the next level. Kyle Calzy, um obviously another player whose name has been carried in extreme high regard um, and been on the radar for, for quite some time. The son of Roy Calzi, uh former Syracuse player. His brother, Ryan, is currently uh, a freshman at Virginia, I uh, believe. He's a freshman? Yes, he's a freshman at Virginia. Um, so he'll be following his brother <clears throat> there to Charlottesville. And, you know, he coming into well, – was another one of these players coming into the cycle that, um, you know, could very well um, – could very well um, be the number one player in the class, right? Um, I remember when I was writing my – some previews I did for, for another site uh, of high school class. I, I mentioned you know, Kyle Calzi, possible number one player in the class. Number four player in the class put inside of class – 95 points, 56 goals, 39 assists last season. Uh, the, the best lefty <clears throat> in the class by far. His greatest attribute, his ability to get the rack. He is quick. Uh, he's not the biggest, five foot nine, 155. Um, he's quick. He's jittery. He can get past defenders. And he can also fight through contact. We watch his highlights, and, and I, I got to see him play multiple times last season on film. Fights through contact extremely, extremely well. Um, a, a guy that could, uh, and, and that could, and at the next level, and does at the high school level, initiate from all over the field, um, <clears throat> behind the cage, on the wings, up top, sometimes as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal uh, playmaker, phenomenal goal scorer. Uh, again, with a knack to get to the cage. Sean Brown, uh, one of the players I had mentioned in my. Uh, yeah, Southern uh, big board was in the, the top 20 players or 20 of the top players in the South uh, that I had seen heading into the September 1st contact date. Uh, six foot five, plays basketball as well, has a tremendous great step, possesses some of the best physical attributes of anyone in the cycle. Um, Brown, really this past season with Episcopal School of Dallas, uh, 56 goals, 40 assists, really uh, showcased his ability as a Dodger, uh, was more of a kind of a sweeping Dodger as a freshman, exhibited more, <clears throat> a, a, a more variety of, of Dodgers here as, as a sophomore, also uh, really upped his game as a feeder uh, He's a guy that's probably going to be playing midfield at the uh, college level. He plays both in high school, can play both in high school. Uh, with his size, with his physical attributes, is probably going to be a uh, midi at the next level 
uh, upon arrival in Charlottesville. Look, Dunkel, Colsey, Brown, <clears throat> this is the best get, uh, the, the, the best offensive haul in the cycle, and, and it's not even close. Uh, Virginia, you know, in the running for having the number one class of the 2024 recruiting cycle, uh, just 20 days in, and, and this class is hot, is headlined by its uh, offensive hall there with Causey, Dunkel, and Brown. Again, Dunkel committing back on September 4th was the first pickup for Virginia. Brown and Causey both committing uh, last night on September 19th, uh, a big month here for the Cavaliers as as they hit, hit it running and, and, and keep it going on the recruiting trail and especially so on the offensive end of the field. Now, moving away from the Cavaliers, you know, I've been asked a lot of questions uh, from a lot of different folks over the past, uh, I guess, 20 days or plus. Um, about <clears throat> some of these recruiting classes, my thoughts on that. So um, I, I'm just going to kind of go ahead here and highlight three classes that uh, are actually four that I'm, I'm pretty high on here early on uh, in the cycle, as I said, just 20 days in. Uh, first and foremost, I, I will highlight Ohio State um, and what Nick Myers and company have done there in Columbus. So Last week, uh, they got on the board, got their 2024 class <clears throat> up and off the ground with a commitment from uh, St. Xavier, uh, Kentucky, uh, attackman Trevor Havel. Um, I've been around Kentucky lacrosse now, I mean, since I began playing in the fifth grade, and um, I've been around for for about a decade now as a player, uh, observer, you know, coach here in Kentucky. And um, I, I have to say Trevor Havel is who would I con- who I would consider uh, the best high school player to ever come out of the state of Kentucky, uh, right up there <clears throat> with – guys, uh, names that you may or may not know. Chase Carrera, face-off man at Denver, uh, was part of that national championship team. Uh, I think he was a senior on that squad. Um, and then you also had Bobby Schmidt, who played at uh, the hometown hero, staying home at Bellarmine, uh, LSM, All-American. And th- th- there's a number of other players uh, as well, just based on their high school careers that I can mention. But those are Bobby Schmidt, Chase Carrero, usually the two players that you hear the most about uh, when you are talking about <clears throat> the you know best players of all time from the state of Kentucky, uh, Mike Anderson. Uh, was the first Division One player, uh, to my knowledge at least, and it's what I've been told, uh, to come out of the state of Kentucky, uh, going to Butler and then to uh, Denver. Um, Tre- Trevor Havel, I-, I think, you know, first of all, the talent is much better here in Kentucky now than it was uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, uh, for sure. Uh, 
Uh, it gets better each and every year. And Havel's the best of them right now. Uh, committing to Ohio State last week, he had a final five of Cornell, Denver, Duke, and Rutgers uh, along with Ohio State. <clears throat> Coming off a 122-point season, um, he's a quarterback for the Tigers in football. Um this is a, a player who can be the quarterback of an offense. Typically, it is initiating from behind the cage at X. Or, you know, loves, he's a righty, so loves that left wing there, uh, about 10, 12 yards above the cage, kind of his sweet spot where he often finds himself free, gets his hands open um, to rip one off. Or, gets the ball, sets things up, and I've seen it plenty of times just blowing past um, defensemen. And, and he's not the fastest out there, but he knows how to use his body very well. And being a quarterback, he <clears throat> has that vision, has that kind of um, posture. I don't know what you want to call it. H- has those physical attributes, has, that men- has those mental attributes as a – high school quarterback that he brings to the football field as well. Um, So Havel's the first commitment in the class for Ohio State. Patrick Henry, Virginia midfielder, Bodie Cahoon committed to Ohio State uh, late uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, So the Buckeyes now have two players in their class. Both guys are multi-sport athletes. Uh, Cahoon is a free safety and an outside linebacker. Uh, for Patrick Henry uh, there in Virginia, uh, six foot two, two hundred two pounds, um, is probably the, one of the best athletes just overall in this class. Not just in uh, Virginia or within the Southern or Mid Atlantic regions, but uh, j- just a phenomenal athlete. <clears throat> that you you watch his film, and, and a lot of times athleticism things of that nature are hard to gauge on highlight films. Um, Cahoon is not one of those guys that it's hard to gauge there. Um, you, you, you immediately see him, and you see the athleticism uh, you know, pop off the screen, if you will. Uh, plays the certain level of physicality, which he attributes to his football background. Um, and as I mentioned, exemplifies a ton of athleticism every time he steps on the field. And then coupled with that, a very, very, very dangerous shooter on the run, um, a, a strong downhill dodger, more of your traditional uh, midfielder from that perspective, uh, but it was also a guy. Um, I guess you could also say, for, for some people, uh, it, would, it would depend on your age, also a traditional type midfielder, as he can go on the defensive end and uh, be a threat there as well. Uh, so both uh, of Ohio State's gets right now are dual-sport athletes, I really like what uh, the Buckeyes have done with both Havel and Cahoon, getting those two guys there in the class, Uh, both players that not only have uh, impressive physical attributes, but also very impressive on the field as well in terms of their skill um, and just overall mentality and IQ for the game, versatility. Uh, This is a strong, strong start for the Buckeyes. And, well, none of those guys, neither of those guys are are um, 
length within the top 100. Um, you know, certainly guys that pop off the page at you, uh, pop off the screen, uh, you, know, you know, pop off. You can't use the term jump out of the gym, um, but, you, you know, like they're doing basketball. Um, but certainly guys that, that, that stick out each and every time you see them play for sure. Um, a couple other classes I, I want to highlight here. Duke, they have uh, two players ranked as five stars by inside lacrosse and Ben McCarthy. <clears throat> the face-off man out of out of Haverford School um, helped the uh, helped Haverford get to the uh, IAC title game last season, and you can watch that on online. Was a phenomenal, phenomenal game between Haverford and Malvern Prep. Uh, he's kind of the highlight of that class there, and uh, ha- having. <clears throat> watched him multiple times via film last season and, and then also seeing his highlights and, and how he's progressed. Uh, really, really good get the, the number one faceoff man in the cycle, I, I think, uh, unanimously and, and really uh, by far uh, there, Ben McCarthy. And then Luke Hublitz, uh, the defenseman out of Brunswick School, also hopping on board there with Duke. So the uh, – the, uh, Excuse me, the Blue Devils getting a strong start as well. Uh, Buck Cunningham, the uh, goalie out of Valor or Valor Christian High School there in Colorado, uh, also in the boat <clears throat> for the Buckeyes as well. Uh, all three of those players committed last week. Harvard, Jerry Byrne um, continues to recruit very well at Harvard. Uh, and really the, the one player I want to talk about here is Graham Stevens, the Number one, uh, not number one, one of the top goalies in the class. This is a class that has a ton of great goalies, and we'll talk about <clears throat> another one here in a second with Maryland. But this is a class that has a phenomenal depth of goalies. A, uh, I think goalies probably the strongest position group in this class in terms of depth. Um, and Graham Stevens is one of the best there. Uh, a five-star by IL and uh, helped get that Harvard class off the ground there uh, with his commitment <clears throat> two weeks ago, a just natural shot stopper. And uh, this is a Harvard class that is looking pretty good right now and how they have been put together. You've got Blake uh, Hetherington, midfielder of Sacred Heart Prep in California. Again, Harvard getting some of those California kids. Michael uh, Savadov, defenseman out of Randor in PA. And then Mac uh, Mon, an attackman out of Shadyside Academy in PA, also uh, committed to the Crimson. Another class uh, what I want to mention here is Cornell. And uh, two players, I've not seen a ton of these players play uh, for that are committed for Cornell, but two guys <clears throat> that I have seen play via film and am, and am very high on are two of the attackmen that they have gotten in Rowan Nully and Peyton Booth. Uh, Nully, I may have talked about on the last podcast, I cannot remember. Uh, Peyton Booth just committed on Sunday night to <clears throat> to the Big Red. Um, another guy that I had tabbed as a top player out of the South, a St. Anne's Belfield 
uh, product. Uh, and also a player that I think is really interesting in that he uh, will, be, will be heading up north next season to play in the OJ, the uh, Ontario Junior Lacrosse League, OJLL, with the uh, Toronto Beaches. So a, a, a very unique uh, player there in Peyton Booth who, <clears throat> despite being uh, f- from south of the border, being from, from America, uh, ha- has been playing box for just as uh, uh, about as the same amount of time as he has been playing field lacrosse. Um, and, and you can kind of see that has a you know consummate playmaker, has a certain smoothness, smoothness uh, that he plays with uh, as an operator uh, or initiator from the, the, the wings mostly uh, where he does his damage. 102 point uh, spring season, 60 goals, 42 assists for uh, w- with the Saints last season, also has uh, great vision. And uh, the one thing with the box I think you can see with him is understands the, the spacing and is very able to uh, operate in those tight quarters uh, on the field, on inside. Um, very, very interesting, very strong player that Cornell is getting there. And then also Rowan, uh, Rowan Nully. <clears throat> was the uh, the first true 2024 commitment for Connor Busick in the Big Red. Uh, six foot one, 185-pound ex-attackman uh, helped Sailor Sinem Delaware to consecutive state titles each of the past two seasons. It really kind of your textbook playmaker from behind the cage, able to get a step on his defender, turn, turn the corner above GLE and make something happen, whether it being uh, putting the ball in the back of the cage himself or finding, uh, you know, drawing the slide, finding a teammate to do uh, <clears throat> the same. Also, fight through contact there as a Dodger and ball carrier um, and also has a certain amount of hustle in his game, uh, being able to affect things on the ride and get those gritty ground balls as an attackman. Uh, <clears throat> the last uh, recruiting thing here I want to talk about is who uh, it, it concerns the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, Tyler Collier uh, heading to Maryland, the goalie out of Western Reserve Academy. Uh, he is a number 44 player in the class by inside lacrosse. Um, a four-year starter for WRA. Um, I was able to see Coyier, uh in person once last season when they came down here to uh, Louisville and played both Trinity and Saint X. He's five foot nine, one hundred sixty-five pounds. Out of someone mentioned to me, Middle said they got a bowling ball. Uh, they're in cage. He's not the biggest. Um, uh, he's not like round, but like just because of how his his size was and, and the way he moved. Um, a very kind of uh, doesn't have the ideal body, but uh, and isn't really as a lot of times you see smaller goalies who are very active, right? Um, maybe not as active as some other goals goalies of his uh, caliber, uh, but is a consistent shot stopper. Has extremely good movement in between the pipes and and, and plays with a ton of energy uh, there. Uh, when you watch him play, is especially good 
at saving those low shots. Uh, Tyler Coyier plays bigger uh, absolutely than he is. Um, Western Reserve Academy, the uh, high school of current PLL star and former Maryland great Kyle Burnwall, uh, who has coached Coyier. So, uh, you know, the WRA to Maryland goalie pipeline, if you want to call it that, continues uh, with Coyier. Not that it... It never really uh, established. You had Bodewell and now Poirier. So maybe we'll establish in the pipeline. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, very, very, very uh, good get that uh, I'm pretty high on there for the Terrapins uh, to help get their class, the national champions, uh, get their class off and running. And you expect another good one there from John Tillman and company. Moving on to our fall snapshot series here. As I mentioned, looking at Georgetown and Lehigh, we'll look at the Hoyas first. Uh, coming off that 15-2 season, 5-0 in the Big East. Uh, this is a team that loses quite a bit. They lose Dylan Watson. They lose Connor Marin uh, at the attack spot, Alex Trippi. Um, they lose Gibson Smith on defense, Alex Mazone on defense, the LSM. And Owen McElroy, probably the most uh, impactful loss, certainly, uh, defensively for them, uh, there uh, was a three-year starter in cage. Uh, however, they, they they will get back Grand Bundy Jr., uh, T.J. Haley, Declan McDermott, Dylan Hess, Will Bowen, James Riley uh, at the face-off dot, Bowen being a defenseman, uh, Hess, McDermott, Bundy Jr., midfielders, T.J. Haley, the uh, attackman. They, they get back quite a bit of talent uh, th- this next season, and, and and even with, and be- before we even mention the transfers, even with those guys, I would say this is still the best team in the in the Big East uh, by far. Uh, not as good as they were last year, but if they just had these guys and no transfers coming in, I would still say best team in the Big East. Nikki Solomon coming in from North Carolina, <clears throat> as is Jacob Kelly, both attackmen there. Brian Minicus coming in from Colgate. And Attackman, Tucker Dordovic coming in from uh, Syracuse. Attackman slash midfielder, Danny Hicks, uh, Hicks coming in from Dartmouth, uh, the goalie. This is a, uh, look, I mean, you you return basically one starting Attackman from last year. You've got three you could put wherever the heck you want. Uh, four if you count Dordovic. Uh, and then you possibly have an answer in cage there with uh, Danny Hanks. Uh, this is a, a, a program that I think uh, their expectations should be similar, right? Uh, they want to be the best team in the Big East, which I think they can be, and, and, and they want to fight for the program's first championship weekend appearance since 1999. Uh, look, <clears throat> this is a team that could have gotten it done last year. They never necessarily – uh, played to their best ability, and uh, look, they uh, lose to Delaware there in the first round in that upset, and uh, you know they they don't get to uh, see we don't get to see what this Georgetown team could have accomplished if they went further. Uh, I, I I I had this team as a national championship uh, appearance team last season. Um, I had this team as a Final Four team. Heading into the season, I had them as a Final Four team uh, when I filled out my bracket in May. Uh, this was a very good team. They never quite put it together. 
uh, all the way. Now, heading into 23, <clears throat> certainly we, we want to know, do you put it together all the way? Do you go the distance? I think if they do that, if they, if they do put things together, they certainly can. Uh, the biggest question for this team is in cage, uh, in my mind. You, you lose Owen McElroy, your four-year starter, um, in, in between the pipes. Uh, has helped them to some of the best programs in, in best seasons in program history. Um, had 170 saves, 61.8% save percentage last season. McElroy has exhausted all of his eligibility, leaves a massive exit there. Now, who is going to be uh, fighting for that starting spot? Danny Hinks, as we mentioned, uh, had a phenomenal career at Dartmouth, is coming off a uh, 168-save, 52% save percentage senior season with the Big Green. Uh, now, you also have... Uh, Michael Schraffenberger, who got the start in cage for three games last year. Lehigh, Denver, and Providence, okay? <clears throat> As a freshman, Matt, uh, Schraffenberger proved to be more than a capable backup. Combined 30 saves with a 45% save percentage during those three contests. In all, he saw action in eight games, 43 saves, 59.7% save percentage. Schraffenberger, Hanks seems to be the battle there. I think both of those guys can come in and be. Neither of those guys are Owen McElvoy, but I think both of those guys can come in and replace Owen McElvoy to the best of their ability and give this team what they need in cage on the back end. I very, very much think they can do that. Now, <clears throat> the second uh, thing I, I will mention here before we move on to Lehigh is is the transfers. And uh, Dylan Watson, Alex Trippi, Connor Marin, all gone, right? 154 points, 115 goals last spring uh, as primary playmakers on this offense. They have the best transfer hall this season. Nikki Solomon, Jacob Kelly, they're at attack as well as former Colgate star Brian Minikis. Uh, they're Tucker Nordovic, I would assume, moves. Oh, I mean, we'll see what happens. He could very well play at midfield. He could play at attack. He's a natural midfielder. He's better at the midfield. So I would assume he plays there. Uh, and you also, as we mentioned, Graham Bundy Jr., TJ Haley, uh, some of the top players coming back on offense as well as uh, one, uh, Dylan Hess, who's a, a, a two-way uh, type threat there. So how these transfers fit into this offense, like <clears throat> you've got a lot of talent. you got a lot of talent, and, and you're throwing it all together. you got to put the puzzle pieces together, and you've got to put it together in those right spots, right? You've got to know where do we put Nicky Solomon? Where do we put Jacob? Like where, where do we put all these guys together, right? Um, and – how can they help lead this team, right? Uh, th this is a, a team that did that very well last season with uh, Alex Trippi and Connor Marin uh, as grad transfers. I thought they did a phenomenal job with those two guys last season, fitting them into this offense. I have the confidence this team can do that again. Uh, and if they do so, you know, this is a uh, 
an offense that averaged 15 goals per game last season. Um, and look, they lose those second, third, and fifth leading goal scorers um, from that from that offense. But uh, I think they 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 can be just as good, uh, if not better, than they were a year ago with the production that they get in. <clears throat> so the transfers, the goalie situations, really the two biggest things looking at with this Georgetown program. I still completely expect them to win the Big East, uh, be better than Denver, be better than uh, Villanova. <clears throat> and do what they need to do there uh, to get back to the NCAA tournament. And uh, they will be looking to go much farther than they did a year ago. That is certain. Uh, Ken Cassis and the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, they went 8-7 and seven last year. This is a team that was riddled with injuries throughout the early portion of the season. Tommy Schelling, Cole Coast, both gone on offense as well as Teddy Leggard, Anthony Tangredi, Michael Gomez, that's your entire uh, big pieces of your defense. Uh, James Spence also gone. You're starting goalie. And uh, look, this is a team mentioned the injuries here. And primarily to Justin Tunin, who did come back and uh, did play. In the uh, final, was it the uh, uh, the final uh, five or six games, I believe it was, um, of the season? I know he played in the final, uh, that game against <clears throat> Boston U in the uh, Patriot League semifinals. And he had a goal uh, with 9-16 left in the third uh there, he had a goal with 4.34 left in the game that helped force overtime, and, and he's a big-time piece coming back. Uh, hopefully he is 100% from that injury that he suffered um, a year ago. Uh, the biggest question for me with this Lehigh team is its defense. Uh, like, look, I, I, you lose showing, you lose Coast offensively. Christian Mule, Scott Cole are both back, as well as Justin Tunin. I think that's a solid core that they can build around. And if they're fully healthy, we saw what some of the depth did on this team last season. Guys like Dakota Ehrman, uh, what they did last year, Quinn Armstrong, who and Matt Marker, uh, who also returned for uh, who, who returned for the fifth season. Uh, this is a solid, solid core. Uh, Sadorsky, Tunin. Uh, the, the two guys that were out for uh, tuning most of last season, Sadorsky all of last season, both back uh, there in 2022. So I think this is an offense that's going to swing back up. I think this is an offense that's going to look more competent uh, throughout the season and not have those sporadic kind of showings that you saw from them last year as they were trying to fit things together with those injuries early on. <clears throat> Defensively, Lehigh boasted the number six scoring uh, – Defense and college across last season as they allowed 9.8 goals per game. That included holding eight of their opponents, eight of their 15 opponents to single digits. Furthermore, they were ranked 12th in overall defensive, defensive efficiency per lacrosse reference, 24.9%. They will have to rebuild nearly its entire defensive unit after that season. Uh, 
Four year All Patriot League honoree Teddy Leggett has graduated, as well as Anthony Tangredi and Michael Gomez. Also, you lose your goalie in James Spence. Who's back? Who who is back on this team? LSM Judah Hicks, sixteen ground balls, nine cost turnovers, had a big season a year ago. He's back for a fifth year and is Lehigh's top returning pole. Ryan uh, Nigman, 11 ground balls, 9 cost turnovers, saw action in all 15 games last season. He's also back. Nick, uh, Tony, I hope I pronounced that right, 31 ground balls, 5 cost turnovers uh, as a junior last season, uh, was the Mountain Hawks' top short stick defensive midfielder, one of their top short stick defensive midfielders, I should say. Um. <clears throat> this Lehigh roster features 13 defensive players, which gives this coaching staff uh, you know, listed defensive players, right? You have midfielders that are not necessarily, that will play both ways, that are not necessarily listed as D-mids. So want to make that clear. But 13 guys listed as defensive players on this roster. There's a lot of talent here to rebuild with guys like Hicks and Nigman and, and, and Tony there. You have a, a at least a foundation. Uh, now, what the situation in cages, we'll see how that goes. I know they get a good freshman in, in Bryce Peng. We'll see how things go in cage. That's also going to be a big part of this defensive rebuild. But uh, that is really the, the, the biggest thing for me with this Lehigh team is how can this defense rebuild? We know what this offense has. We know what they lose. We know what they get back. We know what they can do depth-wise, right? Uh, what they did do depth-wise last season, especially late and what this team can be if they're healthy. Defensively, though, we know virtually nothing about what this team has defensively uh, coming back because they do lose so much. They lose their entire starting defense, close defense from a year ago. It's starting goalie as well, which is which is you know the, the biggest loss of all there. It's going to be a humongous lift to rebuild and replace this defense. Um <clears throat> and if they can do it and be a top 20, top 15 unit once again, that's going to be phenomenal. And they're going to have every uh, chance to, 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 to challenge Boston U uh, for that Patriot League title, who I believe is going to be the number one team heading into the season, the likely favorite uh, with how much they return. We talked about BU uh, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, so Lehigh, really, defense, defense, defense is where my focus on is on with this team heading into the 2023 season. What is this defense going to look like? How can they replace the guys that they have lost on the back end? All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and multiple other podcast platforms, lacrossebucket.com where it's always lacrosse season. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great rest of the week, and we will be back soon with you all, uh, certainly at the end of the month, with a, oh, which is 10 days away, uh, with a, another recruiting update, looking at winners from the first month of the cycle. Uh, but we'll also be back. Uh, I plan on having another podcast sometime later this week, uh, looking at some other uh, fall snapshot teams uh, specifically. So uh, be on the lookout 
for that. Until then, have a great rest of the week.